0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. College hoops has began, college football is into the last two weeks, and we've got all the NFL, NBA, and hockey action on BetOnline Sportsbook. Use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. of the take it easy podcast live on the believe podcast network except it isn't live because it is as always a podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. It is Friday, November 18th according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in. However, and or whenever it is that you may be listening, We have got two guests joining us here today on the show. As he does every week, Brandon Lang, well, as he does most weeks, Brandon Lang joins us uh, as part of Bleeve's gambling coverage. You can check him out at BrandonLang.com. There's links to his stuff in this episode. So Brandon's going to join us for our week 11, I guess week 11 NFL gambling preview. And, of course, we have our friend Razor Rosenthal. Back on the show. We have a wide ranging conversation today. We're going to talk about Washington. We're going to talk about Buffalo. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams, the New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk about TCU, Pac 12, Ohio State, Michigan. There's all sorts of great stuff coming at you today. Some gambling intensive, some not. You kind of know the dynamic that we have here with Razor. And of course, you know that Brandon is a sharp and someone who picks games professionally. So we'll get set for the football weekend today here with Brandon Lang and razor rosenthal all awesome right. all right how you doing brandon lang
1: good man can't lose in college can't lose in college went 0-2 in the nfl sunday monday niners buried me eagles buried me they suck they're going nowhere they can't stop the runner defense is horrible they're overrated
0: the philadelphia eagles are overrated i i, yep. I will uh, carry that sentiment but I think they still might win the NFC, but that's more of an indictment of the NFC than it is support of the Eagles.
1: They'll get blown out in the Super Bowl. They go to the Super Bowl. But I'll tell you what, don't sleep on Tampa.
0: I'm not sleeping on Tampa for sure. I think matchups in the playoffs would be great. Like if Tampa faces off with Dallas in the first round, that would be an incredible game to watch.
1: Yep. uh, Whatever. But all right, let's rock and roll.
0: Let's rock and roll. Brandon Lang joins us. As always, you can follow all of his picks and gambling expertise, not just on Believe's podcast network, but also at BrandonLang.com. You can check that out with the link in the description to this episode. Brandon, I will turn it over to you. What are the picks you're liking for this week? Uh, How are you going to continue that uh, Well, prior to last week, 20 and four streak?
1: Yeah, we uh, we banged home the college winner on Saturday with Ole Miss plus points over Alabama. Dropped the Niners on Sunday night, courtesy of Kyle Shanahan being a dumbass with the play calling. Four times inside the five-yard line, settles for three field goals. And then they do the super tease where we get the gift fourth down and go for it on your own 10. They have second and goal with the two, third and goal with the two why Christian McCaffrey is not in the game and handing him the ball off left tackle instead of the running back who stumbled the play before he walks in if he doesn't stumble for the cover. So that hurt. And then I got sucked in that the Eagles are as good as everybody thinks they are, which they're not. But we bounce back with Miami of Ohio. So 22 and six, in the last 28. So there we go. So let's uh, ugly board this week, really ugly board this week, but, I don't trust Chicago's defense at all. They gave up, I think, close to 30 to Detroit, 35 to Miami, 49 to Dallas. Um, They're struggling, man. And I think Atlanta with the rest, buy down to two and a half, spin the 130, never lay three with the favorite, take it down to two and a half. I like Atlanta. Not rocket science, man. New England Patriots have beaten the New York Jets 13 in a row. And you got the value number of three. Again, buy down to two and a half of the home team. Are the Jets really going to go in New England and beat this team they they lost 13 in a row? I just don't see it. I don't. As far as Washington and Houston is concerned, Houston has been feisty. But Washington <laughs> is in a whole different ball game right now with their defensive front. Chase Young might be back this week. The defense looks solid against the Eagles. And they're laying three, I would buy Washington down to two and a half. I just think that Washington
0: defense is gonna overwhelm
1: Sims and they're gonna or David. Is it David Sims, I believe, the quarterback for Houston?
0: Uh Davis Mills.
1: David Mills. So I believe he's in trouble. They got to Jalen Hurts, and I think Washington just continues their role with Heineke at quarterback. Other than that, it's a it's a really horrible board. I mean, horrible games, ugly games. Um The stat of the day for your listeners is, in their last 26 divisional games, in their last 26 divisional games, if the Bengals win, they've covered 25 of those 26. Wow. So if you think the Bengals are going to beat Pittsburgh, chances are they're probably going to cover the number, 25 of their last 26 divisional wins. Have been a cover 25 and 1 against the spread. So, um, Minnesota Dallas, great game. I'm staying away, but I'll give your listeners a stat. Cowboys are 3 and 18 against the spread as a conference favorite versus an opponent with a win percentage greater than 600, including 3 and 11 straight up and 0 and 14 against the spread if favored by fewer than four points. Tread lightly there if you're leaning towards Dallas. And last but not least, the Chargers were very fortunate not to get blown out by the. San Francisco 49ers, I'll let it be known that as a home underdog, their last 42 games as a home dog that they've lost, the Chargers are 4-38 and 38 against the spread. 4-38 and 38 against the spread if they lose outright as a home dog. Are the Chargers really going to beat the Chiefs? No, they're basically taking the field with a second-string defense and still missing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I believe Casey goes in there, and Casey rolls big. And that's it, big capper.
0: All right. I one thing that I will mention is that I love the uh, feisty is kind of a great way to describe the worst team in the NFL. It's kind of a backhanded compliment for the Houston Texans who have just been doggone terrible this year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they were they were feisty at home when they covered the the the, the twelve and a half, thirteen and a half number against the Eagles. They hung in there and covered that number. You know, they hung in and covered at home against the Colts. They just they're, they're they're feisty, but you gotta know, you know, you gotta know what game they're gonna be hungry and starving and what game that they ate and they're kind of full. Against this Washington team right now, this Washington team don't sleep on them. Don't because they can run the football. You got a quarterback that for the most part doesn't make mistakes and their defense is playing like so.
0: The other one that I thought was really interesting and you hit on a game I was actually going to ask you about, which is I see I think like 80% of the money and 75% of the bets early in the week are coming in on Chicago, which means that the house agrees with you on that Falcons pick. So I, I don't know I why tend to, people are,
1: you can't cover a number on the road if your defense struggles as much as Chicago's defense is struggling. So people are going to row the boat right into Niagara Falls. Jump Chicago
0: to <laughs> Yeah, I get that. And it's not like Atlanta's offense is terrible this year. It's ranked in kind of in the middle right now. It's like 13th in the league right now. They're not terrible. Their defense is terrible, but their offense could actually put up some points against the 31st the ranked Bears defense. <laughs> I think I'm with you on that.
1: Yep. Problem is people base their bets on what they just saw and not what reality is. When I took Carolina over Atlanta, I said it's easy to go against Carolina based on the fact that you just saw them get blown out by Cincinnati.
0: Do you think that's something that's happening in the Jets-Patriots game this week? Because I know that line's like 38.
1: No, that's just the the fact that the Patriots own them. But my my point is that you look at Carolina at home, beat Tampa Bay 21-3, went into Atlanta, probably should have won that game outright. And then in a letdown situation, we're blown out by Cincinnati. The play was Carolina at home. And here you go. You get an Atlanta team that the last everybody saw them, they're getting dominated by Carolina at home. Well, they're not that good. Okay, we'll go against them this week and watch what happens against Chicago.
0: I'm not doing it, certainly, because I know Chicago's got like like three pieces away from being a competitive team. But everyone's watching Justin Fields put up these ungodly stats and – it's very reminiscent of that rookie season for Justin Herbert for me, where the Chargers finished like 5 and 11 or 6 and 10, but Justin Herbert won rookie of the year. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Chicago this year.
1: Yeah. So there we go. All right. Let's knock him down. Have a good week, boss.
0: Absolutely. That is Brandon Lang. Of course, check him out wherever it is that you get podcasts. Yeah. And of course, check it out on BrandonLang.com.
2: still suck, the bears still suck, the bears still suck. Hi Razor. How you doing man? I'm doing really good. How are you? Can't complain. A little chilly here in North Carolina in the uh, 30s and 40s but it's uh we're hanging in there. Pretty nice. Any good tennis in lately or
0: is too cold for that at this point?
2: I'm playing some. You know we got some We got some decent weather where we can uh certainly uh play some tennis. Also have the uh you know indoor time here at a lot of the clubs. So uh I'm still playing some here and we got a huge tournament that wraps up here at the end of this weekend, the uh, ATP finals held in Italy. So it's been, uh, it's been fun, uh, watching, betting and playing tennis.
0: How was the trip down to Orlando?
2: Well, it was canceled due to the storm. So uh, wow. I'll tell you, I'll tell you in late January. How about that? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll check in <laughs> in late January. We scheduled. Yeah. That, uh, tropical storm, uh, you know, put a dent into a lot of people's, uh, plans uh you know two weeks ago but uh i'm glad that we didn't go it would have been a disaster
0: well i'm sorry to hear that and i know that that's i mean it's still kind of that time of year November's kind of the end of tropical storm season so i'm sorry that you guys uh didn't get to to have your trip here in november
2: it's all good it's all good a lot worse things to worry about in life
0: that is true well razor uh I guess I'll turn it over to you. Uh, do you want to talk about the Buffalo Bills? Uh, the, that game that ended up going down on Sunday, the the game of the year. But of course, you as a Buffalo Bills fan, you, you might not be feeling the same way about it.
2: Uh, we, we're we're talking about which game, the the Chiefs game from five weeks ago or um, the, the, the game from uh, five days ago. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's an operation, an operation that a professional quarterbacks should be able to perform. Josh Allen's been pretty disappointing in these key spots. He's never won an overtime game. Let's just throw that out. And I don't want to be the guy, oh, Josh Allen, you know, listen, he's amazing. He's one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. But um, a lot of a lot of silly mistakes, a lot of pressing. I'm a little worried about uh, Josh Allen uh, when it comes to big spots and big moments because uh, he has shown us uh, that he definitely makes a lot of foolish mistakes. Um, what I saw on uh, Sunday in buffalo uh you know you can go back to the first quarter uh with an interception early you can go back to the the interception in the end zone uh earlier on in 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 the third quarter i mean it, it was just it was just really bad football overall minnesota deserved to win the game bottom line is the the team that even though they were struggling down by 17 this team i i felt like did more right than wrong and um a brutal loss for Buffalo um and, and it really just comes down to can you recover from this loss and somehow find your way as the number one seed? I don't I don't think so, Kyle. I, mean, I think Kansas City's path is pretty clear now to the number one seed and um, that's just going to make life a lot more difficult for the bills come January.
0: Yeah, there's a really interesting space that I find Buffalo in, and I will, by the way, if this makes you feel better, Buffalo, according to pro football reference, has the highest expected win-loss record this season, Uh, and it's by a pretty significant margin now that the Eagles dropped that game against Washington, because the Eagles were the only team really close to them other than Kansas City, but... You look at the Miami game and you look at the Minnesota game and that margin for error that they built being, in my opinion, two games better than every other team in the NFL over a 17 game season, they've they given it back at this point. So now it's difficult to see a path to a number one or a number two seed. Uh, I think they could get number two, but it's just more difficult of a path because that margin for error that they built up by being on paper, the best team in the NFL has disappeared.
2: I think the winner of the AFC East will be the number one seed and that really at this juncture, you know, could be Miami or Buffalo. I, I don't, I don't see the, the North champion, maybe Baltimore, obviously Baltimore has a really easy schedule so they can actually matriculate into the two seed. Um, and then the, of course the AFC South, uh, I think Tennessee will drop a few games here and there, win the South with maybe a 10 and seven record. So I would imagine that they're going to likely be the four seed. So, um, it's a difficult road now for Buffalo. They made it really tough on themselves, losing to New York and then blowing that Minnesota game with the inability to um, snap the football inside their own end zone. And I'll, I'll tell you what—I mean the the fact that Josh Allen was able to, you know, get down. The field and um, you know give them a chance in overtime. It does show me that he's still just an incredible player, plenty of time on the clock. But we, there were so many weird calls in that game too. I don't want to make excuses. um I do think there was a major miscall on the on the non non pass interference call against Dawson Knox. Um, mm-hmm. I really felt like he was interfered in the end zone on first and ten from the twenty one yard line in overtime. um But at the end of the day, again, a lot of mistakes made by Buffalo, Minnesota. Deserve that game. And um, here we are, we're sitting here and in a must win situation, I think, against Cleveland where the weather, you know, I think a lot of people are making a big deal about the weather. Um, We're going to find out sooner than later, you know, how bad it's going to be in Buffalo. But if it's truly, you know, several feet of snow, then anybody can win that game, especially with a great running game, which Cleveland has. Uh, Over Buffalo, so it's a little scary situation. uh, Cleveland coming to town because they can practice in very cold weather up in uh, up on the lakes in Ohio. So uh, this is a big game for Buffalo.
0: Yeah, and I find Buffalo's entire season incredibly interesting because this is the first year we talked about this a few weeks ago. This is the first year I feel like Buffalo, on paper, is a stronger team than Kansas City, and I think that's really interesting because when we get to the playoffs, I mean, theoretically. Home field advantage shouldn't matter as much to Buffalo just because they have the best roster on paper, so therefore you should prioritize health. But now that everything's happened with them and and now being 6 and 3, which I think is the worst possible record they could have found themselves in through 9 games, it's harder to justify both resting players and also, you know, giving Josh Allen the necessary space to recover from his elbow injury, which I don't know all the details behind the elbow injury, but you Know four weeks ago, I would have been pounding the table, sit Josh Allen, put him on IR, do whatever you need to do to get him healthy for the playoffs. And I, I think I still lean that direction, it's just not as emphatically as I was a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah, I wonder uh, what the outcome would have been uh, with Case Keenum in the game. I mean, I'm not saying it would have been better, worse, or indifferent, but um, fascinating situation. If, if Keenum was a go, if the Bills, uh, if the Bills would have been in a better spot with someone that was healthier maybe a smarter decisions. I don't know, but you know, it's, it's such a tough loss. It's such a deflating loss for the Buffalo bills because, you know, there's no room for error. It would have been nice to rest Josh Allen, win that game, maybe, maybe sit him out against Cleveland and and get healthy. But I think it's uh, it's a go time and just really excited about, you know, the rest of the NFL season. I also want to talk about survivor Kyle. Um, And it's not, it's kind of a selfish move here by me, but um, you know, I'm sitting in the largest pool that I've ever been in in my life with 26 entries left uh, with uh, started off with 2050 entries. So you do the math on that. It's a pretty big pool. Um, So we we, we're looking at a situation where I think it's the hardest survivor week of the year, unless you have Baltimore, which not many people do. Kansas city is a little dicey on the road, you know, in Los Angeles, I still think Kansas city will probably get the win. But uh, some murky decisions to be made here in Survivor. I, I wonder where a lot of your listeners are going. Uh, my lean right now, Kyle, I'd love to get your analysis on this, would be the New Orleans Saints at home without Cooper Cup for the Rams. Uh, the Saints are a bad team, uh, but I think they play a little bit different in that dome. I think that I don't, I'm don't. i struggling to find out where the points are going to come uh, for the Rams. That Rams offensive line should struggle against the Saints. But you have to take some sort of chance here in in Week 11. And for me, it's either the Giants, the Saints, or the Commanders. Commanders being on the road at Houston, a little scary to me, but um, I'm leaning Saints. So uh, what, what do you think, Kyle? What, what, what's your take on this uh, Week 11 with these uh, short favorites and short dogs that a lot of people will be playing in Survivor?
0: So this is interesting because I I know the rules of the game of Survivor where you can only pick one team per week or one team for the entire season. So you have to pick a different team at certain points. So I would say assuming because obviously you could go to the, the heavy favorites I put in air quotes like Buffalo, but this wouldn't be the greatest week to pick Buffalo and this wouldn't be the greatest week to pick Kansas city, and it might not be the greatest week to pick the San Francisco 49ers either. So I actually like the idea that you're talking about with the saints because the Rams are very clearly the, the worst team in the NFC West at this point. And it's just because of name recognition, I feel like people are kind of shying away. So I think that could be a good value play. Um, this could be a good uh uh new york giants week perhaps they're 3 point favorites against detroit i don't know how many people are going to actively be wanting to use the new york giants during the season but if you want to roll the dice that could be a good pick um
2: yeah it's yeah. tough and i think you have to the caveat yeah. here is that most people have already used buffalo um most a lot of people use san francisco including myself Last Sunday night, I felt like San Francisco was the best play on the board, and we got to remember there is no point spread in Survivor. It's just put it up and and uh, hopefully your team wins. And the Saints are, I think, laying three and a half or four, depends on the uh, shop. But I'm uh, I'm inclined to feel comfortable uh, with the Saints playing good enough defense, not so confident in their offense. But we'll see. I, I, I'm really going to be curious um, to view the injury report for this New Orleans defense. Are they getting anybody back? Cause they've been down a lot of guys over the last three or four weeks. And if they can get a couple healthy bodies back, uh, that may solidify my survivor pick.
0: I'll throw one more at you. And this was kind of like the big pick of the week that our buddy Brandon Lang threw out. Um, Atlanta Falcons minus sure. three against the bears. That's a, a, a good value pick. If you're looking for someone, the Falcons could be a good pick this week. Cause well, I trust
2: Brandon Lang. I really do. And I think that the Justin Fields, you know, love fest is, uh, is out there and deservingly. So he's playing lights out, but they lost to the lions. You know, I, I mean, Atlanta is a little more steady than Detroit perhaps, but um, yeah, tough game. I don't mind the Falcons and Survivor. I mean you got to use these average teams to compete and win. You, you just there you know you're, you're not you, there's no teams left, right? I mean if you've used Baltimore, you've used San Francisco, the Bills. Um luckily I've used some pretty average to weak teams. I you know I've gotten lucky. I've used the Broncos. I've used the Raiders Kyle. So I'm in a decent spot here. Um you know I've I've also been a bet against Houston. Um for me I think Four out of the four or five of the survivor weeks, so that would be, you know, can you consider the commanders here? I want to get your take on that. What you saw on Monday night. I know you're interviewing me, but I'm just so <laughs> entrenched with this survivor for me. It's just like can can you trust uh, Heineke and and the commanders on the road here in uh, in the Lone Star State?
0: Brandon likes Washington. I don't like Washington. This feels like a classic trap game. They just beat up on the Eagles on the road. Going on the road to play the Texans feels like a classic trap game for Washington. I don't know why I'm doing that to them other than like the name of the team and the quarterback of the team that has like two passing touchdowns this season. But yeah, I'd, I'm not. Uh, I'm not big on Washington this week. Uh, do you still have the Bengals available? Because I think the Bengals might race the um, the Pittsburgh Steelers this week.
2: I do not have Cincinnati left. I, I believe I used them uh, maybe very early, uh, week three or four when they got their win. I know they went zero and two, and I think they beat up somebody pretty badly in, in week number three. Actually, I think uh, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I used them against Atlanta. I can't remember. But to answer they, they your, they both
0: question, raced Atlanta and Carolina, so it's probably yeah. It
2: may have been Carolina where I used them. Um, so no, I, I don't have Cincinnati available. I, I don't have the Bills. I, I do not have. Uh, a couple good teams here. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how this all unfolds, but I'm uh, excited to be in this position. You know, it's a huge pot and uh, usually the survivor pools, you know, I think most people would agree that, you know, you don't go the distance. I think most of the time that if it's a, if it's a large pot, people want to just, you know, split it into, uh, into, uh, you know, maybe 10 ways when it's this large. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, I think you'll have a chance there. And the fact that Washington's only a 3-point favorite leads me to believe that uh, this team has uh, outperformed expectations, shall we say, by being in this 5 and 5 position. And I think at this point either the the 7th wild card or tied for the 7th wild card or whatever their circumstances are, I just uh I don't necessarily believe-
2: think of them. As it's hard team. to believe, but I mean they really do have weapons. I mean Brian Robinson has really emerged as a decent running back, and their their wide receivers between the Ohio State Buckeyes Samuel McLaurin, add Dotson to the mix, uh, they're not bad. I mean I think the overall, uh, you know, communicate you know, excuse me, not communication, the overall operation of of the Commanders offense. I kind of trust more than the Giants, uh, to be honest with you. I think Saquon Barkley, if you can somehow, you know, just contain him, you know, just keep him under 110 yards or whatever it may be. I don't know. I, I don't know how much I trust uh, Daniel Jones and the wide receiving core that he has. It's not that impressive to me. I'm more impressed with the Commanders. Uh, for me, the Giants. I'm, I'm, I'm off the Giants this week. I, I just I don't ever trust this team. I think Houston had. A lot of opportunity there to to uh, win that game. Uh, they were inside the red zone, I believe, three times. It came up with three points, two turnovers, and one field goal. So, uh, Giants are a no play for me. I think it's going to be New Orleans or Washington.
0: Yeah, I th- I like those picks. I'll also throw out the Falcons if people are looking for a survivor pick. If they if they're, I mean, they can't do this because they're listening to this on Friday. But if you like the Packers, <laughs> the Packers are favorites against the Titans on Thursday Night Football, which is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I I think those are probably the picks to stick with. Is uh, the Saints? The Saints are interesting because I keep I do feel like the Saints are a fine football team this year. They're not going to make the playoffs just because there's not a lot of. Uh, I guess opportunity for them to claim the games back that they've already dropped. But as the, as the season's gone along, I've kind of seen the saints get a little bit better. I mean, they're kind of a third place team at this point, but I still feel like they've uh, they've had a pretty good
2: season so far. Yeah. Disappointing performance last week uh, up in Pittsburgh, down 10, zero come back to make it uh, a tie game at 10 all, and then just didn't really do anything from there. I mean, I was surprised uh, Kyle uh, that Dennis Allen named uh Andy Dalton their starter I know you and I kind of debated this a little bit three weeks ago that the numbers pointed towards Dalton but I think Winston brings a spark to this team he makes so many foolish mistakes but there's no downfield threat with Dalton right I'm I I feel like that um that Winston yeah he'll throw some really absurd interceptions but at the same time I, I just feel like they're not moving the ball down the field uh I, I don't know. I was kind of hoping we would see Jameis Winston in the lineup, but uh, we're not, and um, the Red Rifle may have to uh, save my season somehow. We'll find out. I, I haven't made that full decision yet, but right now New Orleans is the lane, and um looking forward to tonight's game. That's a good game tonight. I mean, I think Green Bay can – can really do some damage uh, if they can win five or six games in a row with a, with a weak NFC, um, you know, conference that we're looking at right now. The, the the Packers must win this game tonight, and I think they will. I really do. I think I think they're they're in a good spot tonight. I do like Tennessee plus three and a half. Uh, may may sprinkle in Green Bay money line and, and Tennessee plus three and a half at the same time. But yeah, overall, great game, exciting game to watch. And uh, I'm really looking forward to watching uh, Henry against this uh, pretty bad run defense. But I do think it's Aaron Rodgers that will make the difference.
0: Yeah, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to make a Pro Bowl this year. And that's more an indictment of the NFC than it is <laughs> the, the play of Aaron Rodgers at this point. But it's just, it's kind of weird how that one's worked out for Green Bay. They're going to be fine. But again, when you drop games to the Giants in Washington, the Giants in Washington just might steal your playoff spot.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I really, I really do think that Washington, New York or Green Bay will be playing for that seventh seed. And um, tonight it really, it starts tonight in Green Bay for Green Bay season, probably on the line this evening. So, you know, this tune in because uh, I'm excited. Like I said, probably sprinkle a little bit of money on green Bay money line, sprinkle in a little bit of Tennessee, probably buy them up to four points.
0: Do you feel like Seattle is firmly in one of those wildcard spots at this point?
2: Yeah, I do. I, I think that uh, Seattle should land in the six hole. I think San Francisco emerges as the NFC West champs. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's pencil in uh, let's pencil in Seattle as a six seed and let's pencil in the Cowboys as a five um, my guess is the seven seed likely is going to be New York because of where they're at right now. But I do think green Bay, uh, if they can navigate this schedule and win four out of five, they will pressure New York. And I do, I do think New York's a little fugazi. Um, I don't think the command, I think the commanders are a better team. I, I know it's crazy. I, I think the C- commanders may be the best of all three of them, uh, which is, it's just insane <laughs> to think about, but um, you know they Hey, they have a straight up win against green Bay got a little lucky, but Hey, they want it. So um, I'm interested to see what happens in that seven seed uh, down the road here.
0: Yeah. And I, any of them can beat Minnesota. That's the other sentiment I'm giving is that if 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 you told me Minnesota lost a 7-2 wildcard game against anyone, I'd be like, yeah, I guess I kind of see it. <laughs> it's not the yeah. most improbable thing in the world.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you can just love and trust Minnesota, but um, I I think Minnesota's good. I just I just don't think they're a team that is going to ensure themselves all the way to the NFC Championship as a two seed. I just don't see it. I, I think there there's a slip up there somehow. Whether it's against a seven seeded Washington or a seven seeded Green Bay, it's just this. They're they're a scary operation. Um, and I also think on the flip side, Philly is kind of scary as well. Um, you know, I, I I think they are they are definitely a team that that has shown signs of, uh, uh, on Monday night that they aren't perfect. Um, nobody is obviously. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what unfolds here in the NFC. Um, and I think, I think at the end of the day, uh, I would watch out for a man who just recently got divorced because if this team gets healthy on defense, um, they are, they are dangerous. They, they just, Tampa Bay has to get healthy on defense. They have to bring at least 50% of those guys that are out right now. And man, if they can just figure out how to run the ball with Lenny and uh, get the job done with, with the run game, you, you know, eventually Tom Brady will emerge uh, in in big spots. So I look out for uh, likely what is going to appear appear to be the number four seed, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC. I'm a little scared uh, if you have to face them in the playoffs.
0: I agree with you all the way through and through matchups are going to be so important in this NFC playoffs because uh, you've got two, arguably three teams that have elite level defenses when we're talking about San Francisco, Tampa Bay and Dallas. And all of those teams have the possibility of either playing road playoff games or or sorry, road wildcard games or road playoff games in the second round against teams like Philadelphia and Minnesota. I think matchups are going to be so interesting to watch because I've been saying since week four, God, I would love to watch that Philadelphia um, offense play against an elite defense. And they did play the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, and the Cowboys have been a very, very good defense this year. I would love to watch Tampa-Philadelphia as a playoff matchup. I would love to watch San Francisco-Philadelphia as a playoff matchup because I just have that game is one of those where i could see it going either way and also be like 21 points in favor of each direction i just the the matchups would be so fascinating in those in those games
2: yeah a little spotty in the secondary um was san francisco against the chargers man the chargers came out firing in the first quarter i really thought i was dead to rights in that game with taking the niners for my survivor play but um everything else the operation looked great christian mccaffrey you know someone you want in your backfield and 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 pair him up with with Debo at times. Uh, really, really tough team, San Francisco. Jimmy G is interesting. Like when he has time and and he sets his feet, and he doesn't feel any any pressure whatsoever. Man, he he has targets to work with, and he is just so solid. I uh, I like San Francisco. I really do. I kind of trust though Tampa Bay more, Kyle. I really do. I, I trust the Buccaneers more. If this is a big if, if healthy. If their defense is healthy and their offense obviously has to stay healthy, more importantly on the offensive line, I feel like they can lose a wide receiver like, you know, at times and be fine, but it's their offensive line that needs to protect uh, Tom Brady.
0: I've played this game with our friend Blake Jude. I'll play it with you. How many teams could you take from the AFC, drop them in the NFC, and they would be favorites to win the NFC?
2: Ooh, how many teams from the AFC, if you put them in the NFC, would be favorites to win the, the conference? To win the conference. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I would say uh, cr- clearly Buffalo, Kansas City um, are better, I, th- I think, um, on a neutral field. If, if they learn how to take a snap, uh, yes. Josh Allen under center. Um, I think that uh, those two teams are your favorites to win the NFC. I do not think Baltimore is any better than uh, Philadelphia or San Francisco or even uh, Tampa. Well, they beat Tampa at Tampa. Um, I think Cincinnati is probably as dangerous as Baltimore, as I mentioned, but I don't think I'd put them as the favorite to win the NFC. I I would say Miami is up there as well. They're playing incredible, uh, incredible football. Um, so my guess is that um, Vegas would make, um, Buffalo and KC right now favorites to win the NFC is the only two teams, I think. Okay.
0: I'm just interested to see the thought process because you kind of said the same thing that I said, which was anywhere between two and four is my answer, which is Buffalo, Kansas City. Definitely. I think Baltimore is as good as Philadelphia At this point, I know Lamar Jackson, I think, has like the seventh um, pro football focus ranking, which is kind of equivalent to Jalen Hurts and their defense isn't as strong. So I think Baltimore is kind of in that same group. And Miami, Miami is great. (laughs) Miami puts up points like nobody's business, but they also give up points like nobody's business. So, I mean, Miami's the other one that I'm like, you could you could convince me that Miami could win a matchup against any of those teams in the NFC. So I'm somewhere between two and four.
2: Yeah, I think Miami on a neutral's really would be tough, right? Um, You know, if they play Philly at Philly, I'd have some concern there, especially in January. I'd probably put Philadelphia, make Philadelphia a maybe a seven seven and a half point favorite at home on a neutral. It's probably already you know down to three or three and a half because uh, Miami is good. I mean, Miami has proven that they can play. So yeah, I, I think that for me the sure two teams that would be minus money right now to win the NFC would be Buffalo and Kansas city. But you know what? I, I almost decline at this juncture and, and, and say, well, the only sure thing is probably Kansas city. I mean, Buffalo has lost two in a row, you know, and they have showed signs of uh, foolishness on both sides of the ball. So uh, can you guarantee Buffalo can win on a neutral against Philly? Uh, can you guarantee me that Buffalo can win on a neutral against San Francisco? Um, maybe I just don't have as much confidence as I do with uh, Kansas city.
0: I think that's totally fair. Always bet on red. That's, that's the thing I've been yelling for the past year (laughs) when everyone was like, I think the chargers could win the division. I think even the Raiders could sneak around and win the division. I'm like, always bet on red. Your, your problems all look a little less bad when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid." I tried to tell people and this week is gonna be a red carpet coordination of Kansas City smacking the life out of the Chargers and winning the division.
2: Oh, come on. You you they you don't know that. It's gonna, yeah, it's no, gonna be a
0: tough I, for your gonna, no you do know they, that. Yeah, it's gonna be it's the, gonna be a
2: tough one for your Chargers. Yeah.
0: It's going I mean we're, don't I don't want the Chargers anymore I have a six year I'm, this year will be six years recovering as a Charger fan I'm a six-year <laughs> recovering Charger fan still in in relatively good health uh, as a wanting to be a beacon of light for all of you Lions and Falcons and fans of teams that don't provide you any joy there, there is another way you can quit it worked <laughs> for me and now I like Patrick Mahomes beating up on the Chargers every year for 15 years
2: I see. That's how you're rolling. Okay. All right. It's
0: it's fine. It's fine. It's it's I. It's a nice. It makes me a better person. It makes me a better person to root for Patrick Mahomes's success.
2: <laughs> a lot less stress in your life, I would imagine.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I do have a college football question for you. Yeah. I know this week isn't uh, the most glamorous, as everyone you know plays either Austin P. or uh you know a 17 point favorite against Miami or against uh a team like Illinois it's not there, there's some Pac 12 matchups that are interesting and maybe you have some interest there but uh th- this TCU story has been really fascinated cuz i know they they might blow it at the end here they're they're like 3 point favorites against Baylor this week but just the the, the whole story is something that i feel like if if we're going to invest in the fourth playoff team that's going to get smacked by Georgia anyways, I, I I find TCU incredibly fascinating because of the story that you can tell from that team of switching coaches, not really changing the roster. I mean, they changed the roster quite a bit, but like relative to the rest of college football, it wasn't remarkable. And, you know, they go from firing Patterson to now, you know, on a crash course for possibly being the last playoff team.
2: TCU is a good team. I mean, they they really don't have a ton of holes. I, I watched them. I watched them play against Texas, and their defense was uh, extraordinary. Um, this Baylor line. It's funny, you know, when when I came on your podcast two, three weeks ago, we're talking Big Twelve, and I made uh, Texas a three and a half point favorite at home against TCU. My number was way off. It was four, I and mean, I was off by three and a half points. But I was right with the Baylor line. I said, you know, I said this is going to be a two and a half point spread, and it is. Um, it's a really, really weird line, but it's a game that Baylor is comfortable with, right? They're familiar with TCU. This is a battle of Waco versus Fort Worth down the street. Um, Baylor is Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they got run out of the gym by Kansas state and then they go out and they beat up on Texas tech on the road. It's just a really hard team to figure out. I think this is the only roadblock now left for TCU. They're going to beat ISU at home. The Cyclones are no threat to me. And then, of course, the Big 12 championship. They'll, I think they'll beat K-State again, as they did earlier this season. So this is it. This is the test. I like uh, I like TCU. I think they're going to win this game. I think they're on a mission. I've watched a little bit of that ESPN special. It's a very focused young group of kids that that want to win. They don't seem like they're... They're too out of control and too into themselves, which I find really fascinating and impressive. So um, the the horn Frogs and Baylor, now that game should be at 8 p.m., Kyle, Eastern. I don't know why it's at noon. It's one of those things where everything else after that's you know, kind of worthless to me. So um, I hope TCU wins. They're a good story. I don't I would not make this a huge play. But my guess is that TCU figures it out and and wins on the road in Waco. Won't be an easy game. Horn Frogs minus two and a half, probably laying one forty five on the money line. Uh, to me, it's a good value. Anything under one seventy five is a good value with the Horn Frogs. Uh, give me the Horn Frogs to beat Baylor uh, with not a ton of confidence. Probably a one or two unit play for me.
0: Do you feel like we're treating this TCU team similar to last year's Cincinnati, and is that an indictment of where the Big Twelve stands now?
2: I think it's fair. I think Cincinnati and TCU kind of mirror each other with a really good quarterback, a uh, really nice defense, a couple weapons. Uh, TCU does have a couple weapons, there's no doubt, but when they or if they get into the final four and UGA lurks, um it's it's going to be bad. I mean, I just don't see them having the it's just up front, Kyle. The trenches, right? The the offense and defensive line where we with the American Conference and the Big 12 really struggle against the elite of the SEC Uh, we saw Cincinnati get blown out at Jerry's world by Alabama I see this kind of a similar play here UGA versus TCU kind of mirroring each other even Ohio State I think the boys up front and uh, would be a little bit too much for TCU, but I would definitely give TCU a better chance against the Buckeyes on a neutral field than I would against UGA. So, yeah, I do think there are very similar dynamics: the the Bearcats and the Horn Frogs, the twenty one Bearcats and the twenty two Horn Frogs. It is an indictment of the Big Twelve. This is a very, very flashy conference where um, your offensive linemen sometimes just don't hold up in protection against the Alabamas and the Georges of the SEC.
0: I would like to also, uh, as someone who's like interested in the storytelling aspect of TCU this year, another fun wrinkle to this story is that uh, Lincoln Riley's brother is the offensive coordinator of the team. And he's actually been a, he has like 12 years of college coaching experience and he's like 34 years old right now. So I will throw this out there. One of these uh, one of these um, group of five jobs that's available, someone hire Garrett Riley as your coach, because I want him to, like, take the next step towards eventually becoming one of these power five coaches. I don't think he's going to get one, you know, this cycle, but like if he goes to a, a, a like I'm just throwing out FAU because FAU is like what Lane Kiffin did. But if he goes to FAU, if he goes to North Texas, if he goes to Charlotte, like I would want to see him like do fun offense at one of those schools and then, you know, work our way up to having another Riley brother somewhere at a major program.
2: Well, speaking of Lincoln Riley, uh, before we, before I exit this podcast here soon is the Utah, excuse me, the Utah, well, Utah Oregon is actually an interesting game without Bo Nix, Utah laying a, a point or two in Eugene, but um, UCLA USC. Um, it's really disappointing that UCLA lost that game against Arizona. That's that's a horrific loss at home. I think they're laying what 25 to 26 points because if UCLA beats Arizona, nine and one UCLA versus nine and one USC, pretty much for the Pac-12 South. And that game really Finally emerges into the national spotlight for the first time since I don't know maybe I was in high school or college. It's been a long time since UCLA versus USC really mattered and the nation would get behind it. But with the loss uh, to Arizona, UCLA is done. I mean their their season's pretty much over. I, I don't think they. They can get into the Pac-12 championship. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe So I,
0: I have actually looked this up. My brother okay. is a, a UCLA student, so he has been interested in this. And uh, so basically what would have to happen, um, USC at this point controls their own destiny. USC wins out. They will win. I'm sorry, uh, not USC. Um, Utah controls right. their own destiny. If Utah wins out, Utah gets the Pac-12 championship. If Utah loses and ucla wins then you have a three-way tie at two losses that could theoretically go ucla's way there's some tiebreakers that have to be decided the last week of the season but if all of them end in two losses there is a long shot scenario for ucla to win the pac-12 championship and all that would technically require is oregon without bo Nix to beat utah and ucla to beat usc
2: It it all can happen, which but you know I think I think there that's good that there is still some drama. But if UCLA beats Arizona, Kyle, we're looking at a huge national game. Not only for the opportunity to play in Vegas, I would assume the Pac-12 championship is back in Vegas as it was last Uh, year. I believe
0: it it might be in Las Vegas. I'll look it up though. But I know they also rotate between there and uh, Santa Clara. Santa
2: Clara, yeah. Um, This game to me has really dropped with momentum. I, I'm just really disappointed in UCLA because I was excited for this game to, to happen with with two teams with only one loss, but that's not the case, unfortunately. So um, Excited for USC, UCLA, not as excited as I was, and I, I'm really, really eager to see Utah. I think Utah will go to Eugene and smack the Ducks around uh, because Utah is the smarter team, maybe not the flashier, but they're the smarter, stronger team. Without Bo Nix, Man, I, I don't know how this this Oregon team is going to uh, is going to stop Utah's running game. I think Utah's defense is as good as Oregon's defense. Um, tough game for the Utes, but the Ducks probably still control a lot of their own destiny to get to the Pac-12 championship. A must win for both teams. Pac-12 is on display. I really think you look at this, Kyle, the slate is 12 o'clock, Baylor TCU. You need to watch that. Then you can go to sleep for three and a half hours or so four hours, take a nap after eating all your bad food and drinking all your beers, because I don't like anything at three 30 or four o'clock with any meaning in college football. So can't wait for those three games, the two pack 12 games, and then the Baylor game. So
0: to update here on Did they get rid of divisions in the Pac-12? I'm trying to see what ends up happening here. I think they might have gotten rid of divisions in the Pac-12 this year. I'm, I'm trying to look through this, and they just have one elongated standings page, so... I'm not exactly sure how they're going about this to to get to the conference championship this year, but it looks like they don't have divisions anymore in the Pac-12. They really
2: should. Now, here's that's a great point you make. Um, I don't think the Big Ten should, and I don't think uh, the Pac-12 should as well. They should not do divisions because you never you should. We should be getting Ohio State, Michigan in the Big Ten championship, right? Um, what a, what a fun thing that would be to watch Michigan and Ohio State play a really good game Thanksgiving weekend, and then guess what, guys? you're going to play each other seven days from now in Indianapolis on a neutral. But we can't get that because there's the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. And instead, we're going to get maybe the Iowa Hawkeyes against the Buckeyes Wolverines winner. This is doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from a fan standpoint, nor does it make sense from a revenue standpoint. Think about the the ticket sales for the Big Ten if Michigan plays Ohio State a week later.
0: That is correct. And I guess going through this, I guess that means UCLA has a closer chance of getting to the playoff now in the Pac-12 because I did confirm that apparently this year the Pac-12 did away with uh, conferences or did away with divisions for the first time. So uh, it looks like right now there's a possible four-way tie at two losses and then USC and... uh, I believe USC and Utah are the only teams that have one conference loss at this point. So
2: I think, I think Utah, if Utah and USC win this Saturday, it's over pretty much, right? And they're going to the Pac 12 championship. To play. It,
0: it looks like both of them control their own destiny to the Pac 12 championship. I mean, Utah's last game is against Colorado, so they'll win that one. But uh, yeah, I think those two teams with only one loss uh, in conference, I know Utah lost to Florida, but one loss in conference, I guess it would be that Utah and USC both uh, are in. Win and in situations because this is USC's last conference game, too, because they play Notre Dame the last week of the season. So USC and Utah are both in win and in situations.
2: Is the Pac-12 championship being played in Santa Clara or Las Vegas?
0: It is Las Vegas.
2: OK, it is in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's a good venue. You know, Las Vegas really should be hosting a lot of these things because People are going to swarm to this game, and they're not booking travel for this game, Kyle. They're just already there. That's the difference between San Francisco slash Santa Clara. You're in Vegas to watch the NFL, NCAA basketball, the NBA, and oh yeah, there just happens to be Utah versus USC. I'll buy a ticket last minute, right? If you're you know, a, a couple blocks away at the MGM Grand or New York, New York, Vegas is just an amazing venue for these situations.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's probably why they moved it over to Vegas instead of in Santa Clara, which for people who don't know, you might have heard like Northern Californians like me making this joke. You know how during the Sunday Night Football broadcast where they show like Fisherman's Wharf and the Ghirardelli Square in San Francisco and all of these landmarks. And then they pan to the game, which is literally 50 minute drive away from all those places that they're talking about. (laughs) Like A minimum.
2: Minimum with with no traffic. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's just not the same. I think Vegas is the place to have the PAC 12 championship. It's probably the great place to have a regional for the NCAA tournament as well. We're probably moving towards that place. I'm sure now that
0: they have the stadium and they're bidding on all these different events, I'm sure we're headed towards a place where we're going to have NCAA tournament games in Las Vegas sometime soon. And We should also mention if the Pac-12 is doing the standings this way, I mean, we could, but also we're just kind of doing Pac-12 analysis. Technically, Oregon still has a a control their own destiny situation, but there's also a chance they'll be underdogs against Utah and Oregon State if Bo Nix isn't playing. So that kind of like throws a wrench in their chance to win the Pac-12.
2: Oregon's got a long journey ahead without Bo Nix against the Utes and then the Civil War. I I think that Oregon State wins that game without Bo Nix as well. So It will be a very intriguing Saturday night in the Pac-12. Oregon State
0: might win nine games this year. It's kind of weird how that worked out. Uh, Razor, uh, Unless you got anything on Ohio State, Michigan, we can always reconvene for 15 minutes next week. If you want to also anything interesting on Ohio State and Michigan for next week,
2: you know, I'll try to, let's try to do it. If, if we can, I know it's a, it's a short week with Thanksgiving. Maybe you and I can connect Wednesday Uh, right now. There's, I don't see a line on that game. I don't think they're doing any futures. You never know who someone gets hurt, right? You have a QB go down, a cornerback go down, a running back, go down in the respective games that Michigan has with Illinois and Ohio State with Maryland. Uh, Let's just make the line nine and a half at home for the Buckeyes that's the line I'm thinking of maybe I'm wrong maybe that's a little too north of what where I should be maybe it's eight but um I I don't really have a great feel for this game if it's if it's double digits which I don't think it will I would take the Wolverines I think this game could be a little back and forth maybe you get that backdoor cover I think Ohio State wins the game I, I think there is um a lot of pride in that locker room and they remember what transpired in Ann Arbor and they got punched in the mouth and it wasn't even competitive. And that's the first time that's happened in a very long time where they didn't stand a chance against the Wolverines. So uh, I I would make this uh, an eight and a half, nine and a half point spread at this juncture. And we're going to find out much more when the lines come out on Sunday afternoon, but that's to me, the, the game of the year as it should be. And I'll say this, like I say this every year, I don't know why Fox, has to continue their game of the week at noon eastern this is a 3 30 kickoff i mean this is ridiculous but um i hate the fact that this game's at noon it should be 3 30 i want to throw that out as i always do every single thanksgiving week but uh this is what we this is where we're at it's going to be at noon and hopefully uh, it should be an exciting game
0: I have kind of gone the other way on that. I understand exactly why Fox does the noon kickoff, because that's the time slot they want to dominate. They know they can't compete with SEC on CBS, so they, they want to dominate that noon time slot. I mean, I could argue prime time and do it at night, but you know, college football sometimes doesn't work out that way. So it I, used
2: I, to be it used to be with when when ABC had this game, it was 330. But you know, the SEC and Thanksgiving weekend 330 slot, Kyle. You know what it's going to be, as I think it has been for years and years. It's Alabama, Auburn. I'm sorry, Fox mm-hmm. wins that battle with Ohio yeah, State. Fox Michigan. would beat that. They yeah. would. I, I mean, how many people are going to be tuning in to Alabama uh, versus Auburn outside of the Gulf Coast of uh, the Panhandle of Florida, the state of Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana? Outside of that. I mean, you're talking only gamblers watching that game. That game has zero significance to it. Alabama will probably be about a 19 and a half to 22 and a half point favorite. I don't even know where the game is. It really doesn't matter that 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 steam has really dropped for that game. So I feel like Fox is making uh, a big mistake here because, you know, the people on the West Coast, it's early to, to be ready for Ohio State, Michigan. But everybody just loves, in my opinion, and maybe I'm speaking out of line here, but I think three 30 college football on a Saturday is my favorite time slot. And I think it is for a lot of people as well, but regardless, it for me. Let, yeah, it is for you. Yeah. Let's regardless, let's have a, let's have a great game and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully I will survive. And if you want to play the, uh, the, I will survive song by Gloria Gaynor. I don't think you're going to uh, play me out to that song, but um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a big week. It's a big week for Razor Rosenthal and uh, focusing on either the commanders or saints and, um always appreciate your time kyle it's uh it's always fun chatting uh, sports with you and uh, absolutely and,
0: and i will uh i will leave everyone here with this parting thought cbs put the egg bowl at new at twelve thirty on or put it at 3 30 on the last week of the season put lane kiffin versus mike leach you cowards well, as the game of the week
2: well i think the egg bowl traditionally is thanksgiving night or black friday right
0: I guess we'll see what happens this no, it's, year. No, it's, but... it's
2: Thanksgiving. It's been Thanksgiving all the time, and now it is confirmed. It's Thanksgiving at 7 p.m. in Oxford, Mississippi. So the, the 330 CBS game, Kyle, for what the last 15 years is Auburn, Alabama. It's just not a good game.
0: No, it is not. No, it yeah. is not. But I'm with you. I hope that you can survive. I, I I will try and do something to edit in music to play you out at the end of this segment. Uh, thanks. You can as always, do it, man.
2: Razor. I know you. I know you can do it. I I know you can pull it off. That that education you have. I will survive. Uh, Gloria Gaynor or Survivor. Beyonce. Whatever it can be. I need it, man. I need some. I need some extra juice in there. We. We got to keep going. There's a lot of money at stake, and uh, the, the the opportunity is unbelievable here. It's so much fun playing Survivor, especially when you're still alive. And um, just gonna hope that Taylor Heineke or the Red Rifle <laughs> get it done for me. One of those two guys? Are you kidding me? Well, that's what's gonna have to happen. So we'll see.
0: The funny thing is, those teams are just gonna switch quarterbacks next year. Carson Wentz is gonna go to the Saints, and Andy Dalton's gonna go back up Washington. <laughs>
2: Wouldn't surprise me at this juncture. Uh, the, it's just, uh, it's it's fascinating how this league works. And let's hope for some upsets. Let's hope that the Carolina Panthers can go to Charm City and beat Baltimore. Because I do think there will be a couple of Baltimore survivor plays in there. But it's, I don't have them. I think I used the Ravens week one, Kyle, against the, a very good Jets team. So um, yeah, I don't have the Ravens left. So, And that's another game. Real quick, uh, before, before I, I, I head out here, that, that's a fascinating AFC East game. That probably is not getting enough national attention. New York plus three and a half at New England. Boy, is that a stay away for me because I think that the Patriots can really lay an egg and the Jets can, they can do some damage. But then the flip side of it, Bill Belichick owns the Jets. I don't like this game at all. I feel like the Jets are going to be so eager to go into Foxborough and win with a lot to play for so let's stay away from new england new york and and just kind of watch that unfold from the sidelines
0: let me play a game with you real quick what do you think the over under is in jets versus patriots
2: this the the over under this this sunday yes oh gosh oh man um what's the weather like i know the weather's horrible in buffalo is there can you give me a little bit of a weather report for new england
0: let's uh, look real quick jets patriots so
2: it's go- it's going to be under 40 cuz you kind of you kind of brought that to my attention that you you, you think it's going to be low so um you know most of these totals land at 41 to 44 um in if the you're looking for a
0: weather update it looks like it's going to be 35-40 degrees but sunny is that's very uh, what nice. they're interested that's
2: that's no that's a non-factor then all right so i think it's under 40 um it's not too crazy low because this team Uh, These two teams squared off a couple weeks ago, and I think it hit maybe in the mid to upper thirties. I'll, I'll throw 37 and a half. Pretty close. 38 and a half. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's a, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know where to go in that direction. I'm just not going to watch that game. I am going to stay clear. No <laughs> bets. No, no survivor. Probably very little fantasy implication. Watch me be the idiot and not put in these guys in fantasy, and they blow up like Stephen Vermont, <laughs> and who else? But yeah. yeah, just one of those ugly games. I want no, no part of, and um, really focus on either the Saints or the Commanders. I, I have, a, I have to talk to my team. I have to talk to my, my coaching staff and my family and. See which direction we're going. Uh, are we going to to Houston in, in in a stadium that I've been to, which uh, it, it could get loud if the team uh, is good, but this team is not good, so I don't think there'll be that really that home field advantage is just not there for Houston. I and mean, of course, uh, Mercedes Benz is I man, it's rocking, man. It's tough to win, but I don't know if the Saints fans are really eager to get out there, one at uh, twelve o'clock uh, central, to to watch this three and seven squad play, but. Uh, We'll find out, and um, again, always appreciate the time uh, joining your podcast, Kyle.